Brandon. Jake. How's it going? Good. Making some popcorn. How's it going with you? It's going good. <laughs> I, I'm How's, not making popcorn, so. I, I will, because you hate popcorn. I do. I don't like popcorn. I mean, that's I know. a discussion for another later. That's a discussion for later, so. I know. I know. <laughs> Tell me about it. Well, welcome, everyone, to this week's Writer Blo- Writer's Block. This week, we're going to be discussing pushing the limits and the boundaries for writers. How far is too far? If you'd like to join in on the discussion, hit that mic button in the, in the bottom corner of your phone or wherever you're listening to. Uh, my name is Brandon Morehouse. And I'm Jake Flukiger. And welcome to the show. Welcome, everybody. Jake, how's your week been? Um, my week has been good. It just got better today because um, I work for a school. And so today is the first day of fall break. Oh, yay. Yay. So I get a couple of days off. That's always good. Oh, I can hear your popcorn. I know. <laughs> it is It is loud. It's not as loud popcorn. Sorry, sorry. It was sitting there right by the phone. Anyways. Well, that's good. It's all good. I mean, fall How is always good. How is your week, Brandon? I had a really, really good day today. I'm not going to go into details, but um, student loans, as we all know, are a big thorn in people's sides. And I have my beliefs on whether they're good or bad, but uh, <laughs> it... That is that is a very diplomatic way to Trying to be that. kind of middle of the road on that one. Um, yeah, so I had a good week on... Uh, I had a good day on that. Really good day. Good. I'm glad. That works out really yes. well. So, for those of you that are new, we, Jake and I, normally bounce back and forth on an off-topic topic. I really like that saying. I know you do. It's it's trademarked, right? Well, no. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> where we one host hits the other host with a topic they know nothing about. And this week, it's, it's Jake's turn to hit me. Jake? It is. I'm really excited about this one because it's something that is going to become more prevalent in Brandon's oh, life um, as we move forward. And so... My question for you, Brandon, is what makes a good literary agent? Oh, you I honestly have no idea. I have not even Oh, come on. You can come up with something. I have not I I guess my gut says an agent that is open and honest with you but is willing to let you like be your authentic self. We don't want an agent that wants you to be super polished and not who you are as as an author. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm down with that answer. I think, I think for a lot of people, everybody is just so excited to get an agent Mm -hmm. that a lot of times they don't consider, is this the best agent for me? And everybody's different. So everybody's going to have a different set of criteria that they want to shove out there to say, Hey, you know, this would be a great agent for me to work with. Um, and, and some people call them dream agents. I don't, I don't love that term just because I think there are a lot of different agents out there that can do a lot of good for a lot of authors. And so I think a big thing is, is just somebody that goes out there and is willing to champion your work and believes in you and your story. 
Wow, that was very heavy there, Jake. <laughs> it's a big deal it is a big deal and i know we're going to be talking more about agents later on in the season we've got we've got a lot of work um ahead of us and jake has been very diligently working on stuff for the show um so yeah we got we got a lot of work yeah brandon has too. give me a break no, i don't really do anything jake does all the work yeah uh-huh Anyways. nobody ble- nobody believes that Nobody. <laughs> Zero. Zilch. But we did we Not did a... land a good landmark today for the show. Oh, perfect. Yeah. What did we land? We passed five hundred followers on Twitter. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So we've got we've got some people that are interested. That's yeah. great. I mean we're a one stop shop, right? Like I said, we're like the Borg. It's a collective community. You don't know what that is because you're not a Star Trek person, but I I know what you're talking about though. Yeah, see, I may not know it in detail, but I do know what you're talking about. Sure, Jan. Sure you do. Anyways. Wow. Let's get okay. on with the next Moving topic. on. <laughs> so pushing the boundaries, how far is too far for an author? So, Jake. Yes. When I say that, what comes to mind? Um, I mean, obviously, it's it's authors who are willing to, you know, step out of the standard comfort zone i guess is a way to put it um and and do something kind of new or innovative um with with writing i think is is a decent like one-sided definition of that what do you think brandon you know i think when i think of that i think of is an author willing to push the limits of what's considered appropriate and what's not appropriate. And, uh, and I don't, <clears throat> by that, I don't mean like sexually or anything like that. I mean, you could, depending on the genre, but I mean, Dino Erotica, that's. Brandon. That's... No. <laughs> I, I am so going to like figure out a way to bleep over the top of that on every single time you say it. When I post these, it's, these, these, you know, podcasts. It's going to be like a Jerry Springer episode where it's like beep, beep. Like, like that. Yep. Um, I'm just going to bleep out everything. You know, but I think of, like, how, are you willing as an author to push yourself and push what you understand? And I I don't want to say are you willing to make your readers uncomfortable, but I'm the type of person that is, if I'm uncomfortable, I'm probably learning something that I may not know about. Now, doesn't mean it's always the best thing but i'm out of my comfort zone i'm growing as a human being are you willing to do that to your readers well and i think to a certain extent like that's true of of any book where you can kind of say well it's you a chance for you to live someone else's experience even if that's a fictional character so you're stepping outside of yourself in the world that you know into something else i think of when Um, when i think of a, a good example and I'm just going to keep... So, okay. I think of, like, the Diary of Anne Frank. Okay. okay. Mainly because it's, it's, it's been in a lot of topics lately. Um, I put it back on my TBR list. I haven't read it in such a long time that I was like, you know, let's just reread it eventually. <clears throat> yeah, with your 900 other to be read. I did, I did finish The Shining today, so... Oh, good yeah. job. 
Um, so I think of when that book came out. That book okay. pushed the boundaries of this was that perspective of a young girl living through the Holocaust and what it makes. And she didn't write it with the intention of publishing it, right? Like, she's just her journal entries. But I think it was her father that survived, right? I don't know. I, I honestly, I am going to admit this right now. I haven't read okay, it. Okay, well, was the dad. it was the dad. Okay, thank you, David. I, I, my mind says, yes, it, it was somebody very close to her. He had to be comfortable but uncomfortable at the same time of saying, this is the story that needs to go out there because it needs to be told. People need to know what it was like from our experience of living in that world during that time. Okay, cool. So what you're saying is, is that if the book makes the author or the reader uncomfortable, it's sort of pushing the boundaries. It, I think it does to a certain degree. I, it's it's hard because every book is different, and it's like, well, that doesn't. I, okay, it, so it, it's it's so just difficult me... because it's like, well, what's the boundaries, right? Yeah, let me take it this yeah. way. Um, for instance, Brandon, you have a, a favorite author named uh, Mr. H. G. Wells. Fuck yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so. H.G. Wells was kind of a pioneer mm -hmm. in science fiction, right? right? Okay. So I wouldn't say that his stuff necessarily made people uncomfortable, right. but it was definitely groundbreaking yes. in, in the fact that it was something new and innovative. Yes. That, that, makes, so, that makes sense, yeah. So with that... That being said, are there other authors that have done similar things, um, for instance, in books that you've read recently? Well, there's one that comes to my mind, and it's, I know you're setting me up for one, but I don't know which one you're setting me up for. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> matter, because as long as you, you have a response to this question, then it, it's the right well, one. Well, I do have one, and I've never read her book, so I don't know, but from what I've understood, right? Uh, yeah. Margaret Atwood. Okay. Handmaid's Tale. Tell us about that. I, I can't, I've never read the book, but it's on my list to read, but I know she, she, I don't want to say redefined, but she really pushed that like dystopian future of women's rights. And that's okay. scary in the fact that there's a lot of laws and stuff that are putting women's bodies not in their own hands. And they kind of mirror each other. And you're like, oh, that's very uncomfortable. But if you read that book, it's like, we don't want to, we don't want this route to happen. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's difficult in that aspect. And I think that as authors, that's kind of one of our responsibilities. And not every story needs to be like that. Not every, by any means. But there's some where it's like, yeah, let's, you're going to not be the most comfortable in this scene, but this is what happened. And this is what happens specifically for this story. Jake, can you, can okay. you think of any? Um, I was thinking along the lines of like, um, Dracula. Okay. Tell me why. Dracula was, was absolutely innovative for its time. Yeah. 
and definitely pushed the boundaries um, and was kind of this like introspect and jump into uh, horror writing, mm-hmm. which wasn't necessarily a thing uh, previous to that. Um, and so I think that, that Dracula would be a great yeah. one. I agree with that. Does anybody have any other books that they think of? They're like, oh, that kind of changed the game, sort of. No? We'll wait for a moment. Oh, David is ready to speak. I'd throw out Frankenstein if we're going horror. Oh, yes, absolutely. I, uh, so, David, why was Frankenstein something that pushed the boundaries? It, so so Frankenstein is, is part of a, the romantics. It's, uh, how do I put this succinctly? Because I just kind of popped into my head. Frankenstein kind of challenged that whole playing God kind of motif, religion, and, and this boundary between humanity and God and that kind of thing. And there's a, there's a parallel between Frankenstein and the monster, God and his creation, that's kind of perverse and that's perverted uh, in a way. So that was kind of groundbreaking because you kind of didn't do stuff like that. And also, honest to God, that was the first, one of the first science fiction novels. I mean, how, how much more science fiction can it get? We're bringing dead dude back to life, you know, yeah. from dead body parts. You know what I mean? No, I mean, absolutely. You want to talk, talk about even more subversive for the time period? It was written by a woman. Yeah, right. I mean, let's just let's just let's just let's just throw throw that that uh, little thing out there and whatnot. Right. Mary Shelley wrote it, and I'm sure people were like, "What in the hell is wrong with Mary Shelley?" <laughs> Nothing. Right. Nothing's wrong. With Mary but Mary Shelley really pushed that boundary, like in and in in so many ways, like you were saying, like um, from the religious aspect and from science fiction, and the fact that that she was a woman at that time was was this huge huge deal um of of pushing these boundaries of taking this these topics that were kind of taboo so to speak and really putting them in the limelight yep <laughs> yep it's like yeah i love Can it stop focusing on me for a second uh, <laughs> so what um, did you want to talk Okay, maybe not. <laughs> so what's, uh, you said taboo, and I think that's a great word. Um, what's something else that we as authors can write about that's very taboo? Um, well, I think, like, we've we've talked to, uh, just barely about, like, um, skewing big things, uh, religion... Um, obviously like politics and things like that, pushing those boundaries in those regions, in those areas can be really, um, something that makes people sit up and take notice. Um, uh, and I know you said not pushing the boundaries sexually necessarily, but, and I know this is not a great example of a quality book, but, Things like Fifty Shades of Grey pushed those boundaries. They really stepped outside of what was acceptable, what was normal, um, and said, hey, you know, this is an actual thing, whether you like to acknowledge it or not. Right. 
I was waiting for like M or Cat. What about has anyone ever read the Da Vinci Code? Oh yeah, absolutely. I've not. And that is I a mean, great that one. That one made everyone. I pretty much the whole Catholic community pissed off. Yeah. It did. It did. It did. And and why did it piss them off so much, Em? I think it. I mean, although the the work was fiction, the author did a lot of research, and there has been speculation for you know three hundred years that the Vatican's been hiding certain documents, hiding certain things, and I think it just it it made the church very uncomfortable. Because yeah. I, I think he hit on <laughs> he hit on some topics they weren't real happy about, and you know they also made uh, one of the I don't know if you call him a monk or what when you had what's his name um, not Seth what was it Oh I know who you're Silas. talking about Yeah Oh yeah, yeah. Silas, Yep You know when Silas was torturing himself and that whole opus pi sector of catholicism wasn't very well known about but that brought that sector to the forefront well i think it's always it's always things that make people uncomfortable which garner the most attention um at least as far as like what brandon was saying at the beginning like pushing those boundaries and making people step outside of their comfort zones is a huge deal yeah i think it's i think with the da vinci code specifically it it had some truth behind it and it made people question their i don't want to question their faith but it it made the catholic church very comfortable because it did have some truth and they didn't want that truth really out there as publicly well known as it now is um and i think that book was I don't want to say pivotal that to that, but it was a key player for sure. Yeah. Um I think anything that can be that has any little bit of truth to it um can make people uncomfortable, yeah. but it can also um drive change. And I think that's something that we as writers really don't appreciate enough about ourselves is that a lot of times our work can be something that prompts um, change, whether that's to an individual or to a group or to a society. Like, um, I, I think it drives conversation. And when you have a book like the Da Vinci code, it drove that conversation of, well, do you think it's real? Do you think that's not? And people started diving into it and they're like, well, some of this is very real. And that conversation leads to change. Yes. And I Um, think that's the approach I've taken with my own work. Although um, it is a triggering subject. I don't mention, I mean, I don't go into the child abuse, mm -hmm. but I do go into how the children are taken, um, how easy it is, what weapons the the pedophiles take in order to make that happen. 
you know, that children can be stalked because they look, look a certain way. Yep. And there's a buyer in the market, you know, looking for a, you know, redheaded little girl or whatever. Well, um, sorry. But I also go into the statistics of how many children get, you know, are taken every year. But I don't go into the abuse. Mm-hmm. But I want to make that that picture in somebody's mind who has a child that, you know, hey, I might want to pay a little better attention when I'm in a mall. Or I might want to pay better attention if, you know, I start browsing in a big box store and I take my eyes off my kid. Right. There may be somebody else there. Oh, and we're losing you. Or is that just me? No, we're losing them a little bit. One, I watched it. Sorry about that, guys. Don't be sorry. No worries. Go ahead, finish what you were going to say. Oh. That was just, yeah, I just, my whole point, even though there is a story behind it and the MCs do what they do, my whole point behind it was to get the public thinking about why are 600,000 children taken every year? Um, Em, on that subject, I would love for you to check out the book um, called It Happened on Saturday. It's a middle grade version of kind of what you write. It's a story of a young girl and how she's almost abducted. Um, And it's it's really, really well done. Um, I think it's it's a pretty cool one that's designed for a younger set so that not only do are the parents aware um but young teens are uh, like eight to 12 year olds are are very aware of that as well so and one there's one story that i think of when i think of that um in particular and that topic um i can't think of the kid's name but it's a documentary on netflix and it's called the taking of johnny Johnny something. I don't remember what his name last name is. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah. It's about this kid. I've seen it's that. it's really good. It's about this kid that's abducted in like the early late seventies, early eighties, somewhere in that time frame. Um, from West Des Moines. And at the time there's no That's funny. I have one of my kid one of my MCs takes out a a pedophile and Moines, Idaho. Idaho. Yeah. Well. Uh, d- well played, yeah. Em. Well played. So the story, like this is. I this mean, was... it's also about stuff that you guys probably have never heard about. Um, the panda. The panda is a symbol among a certain sect of pedophilia. Oh. Oh, I had no and idea. It's it's called. They're into what they call panda eye children. Don't look it up. It'll scare the crap out of you. It's just absolutely hard. But those things that we're not aware of, that you might be somewhere and you see a gentleman wearing a panda pin, he is actually letting other guys know that that's what he's into, and they will share information that way. That is horrifying. Horrifying. That is an understatement. Now I'm going to be looking all over the place for it. Like, what's that pen mean? I want to know, but I don't want to know at the same time. Yeah. You know what it means. They're into small boys. Oh. 
well, that's, that's, that's disturbing. okay. Very disturbing. So, but I think it it these types of books push the boundaries of now I know, and I know to kind of keep an eye out for it, and it you know. It makes you uncomfortable to even talk about it, but it's already taught you something. Right, exactly. Yeah. I took a little different uh, track on mine. Um, my third novel kind of touches on that a little bit, but I kind of take a little different step than, uh, than M did. I get a little closer than M does, and I do it a different way. Um, my MC in my third novel... She basically gets trafficked, and she gets trafficked away. A lot of kids uh, get trafficked, and that's by somebody she knows. Um, and you want to talk about boundary pushing. M doesn't show the abuse, and neither do I. But one of the things that I decided to do because it was kind of important, it kind of informed on the psychology that I was going for. I talked about how she felt, you know, the aftermath, the oblique references to things are just sort of casual and kind of you're like oh god and and jesus mary mother and joseph i was like oh god i'm not writing anything but yet and yet i'm 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 you're imagining and that's kind of the most horrible thing ever kind of what m kind of goes goes uh goes into and it's kind of it's so much worse than you can imagine less is more but i maybe did a little more so this is a question for David and for M. Were these pieces hard for you to write? Absolutely. Um, it was, I, mean, I already knew the statistics and I already can tell you any major city that you're in that's having any type of sporting event, there is a huge hotel there that they have that somebody has a group of children there to escort out any major city with any concert sporting event they travel like that they might bring in nine to 20 children most of them will be under the age of 12. that makes me ill um, like so ill <laughs> so yeah i mean there's a lot of stuff i did not put in my work but there's stuff that i allude to just to get you thinking so maybe you'll research it if well, that makes sense. But the stuff like the stuff you kind of already know in my first novel, you know, from public news and stuff um, about how people from large corporations are into trafficking, uh, priests preying on children, pharmaceutical companies stealing uh, young women in the middle of the night from the streets to do. Um, experiments on them i go into all of that in my first novel i mean i don't go into what their abuse is but i go into how my mc tracks those people and then takes them out so i kind of played it as you know a vigilante type of work yeah or an anti-hero or however you want to explain him but i wanted those pieces in there so that you would be aware that Okay, this is just the beginning. And then number two, we go into a few more. And number three, we get deeper into, you know, what kind of things to look for when you're in public. Um, 
how someone might be stalking you and you not notice it. I mean, that, that all came from the little girl that was four years old that the parents actually got stalked in Key West. Why they had a four-year-old in Key West, I have no idea. But the trackers stalked that child all over that island. Yeah. And they almost took her. And the there was a group of guys behind the woman when she reached in and to some sort of stroller or something and took the child while the parents had their back turned. And it was going to be that quick, but a group of guys were behind her. And she was like a little gray-headed somebody you would never notice. Yeah. So, that I mean, is such... It's such a rough topic, but like you said, Em, it's something that is making... It's forcing people to think and forcing people to question and forcing people to do more research because once they know a little bit, they need to know. Right. And when you do research on a topic like that, there are many, many times your stomach rolls. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. David, how about you? Was was it hard to write your piece? Uh, Yeah, I mean, (laughs) how do I... (laughs) You're going to be like, oh, David's a crazy person. David's a psychopath. David. <laughs> yeah, right. Not in this group. <laughs> so so hard in the sense of, I mean, I, I, I feel bad for Emma, my character. I, I, I did feel bad for her and that kind of thing. I knew she was going to make it. So, I mean, I I knew that and whatnot. You probably know that because she's telling the story. I, it, it's icky to me and whatnot, and I was doing a very – I was trying to toe this line because – so honest to God, this book, a little backstory, my, my, my two novels previous to this one were very gory, were very gory and very violent, and I made a vow, and very, and very graphic in its depiction of other content too, and I made this vow of, okay, let's change tack a little bit. So my whole thing when I was writing this, I was very focused on not being graphic and not being gory. So for me and for because of that and whatnot, I kind of – had kind of a layer between me and me pantsing this thing in 30 days. Um, so Next I kind of had a little, 103,000 words in 30 days. That's amazing. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and so I had this distance and whatnot. So did I feel bad, bad? No. Did I feel bad? Yes. But like I said, there was like a distance because I was very, very focused on focusing on how she felt and kind of having her reference what was happening rather than showing what was happening. And honest to God, it's far darker than writing it, to be perfectly honest with you in places, because Jesus, Mary, Mother, and Joseph. Um, um, there you go. That's the answer to your question. Yeah, David, um, it sounds like it was emotionally graphic. Yes. It's a very emotionally graphic. That's that's not even here. That thing is that's not even the main story. That's just well, what starts the main story. Yeah. But that but that is that is a lot for a lot of people to to deal with. So that's that's a big deal. That's awesome. Um, and the other thing I want to play off what David said. Yeah. The other thing that kind of I think it my main character was kind of holding on to my heart during the scenes where I had to write how he felt about finding some of these kids. Oh yeah. I'm sure that that was, uh, 
emotionally tragic on a personal level. And I've had one one chapter in my book that almost all my beta readers have told me nearly made them cry. And yeah, I, I cried while I was writing it. So I hope it was presented that way. <laughs> That's good then. Anytime that you can elicit emotions from your readers, you're doing an excellent job. I, I want to hear from Kathleen. She's been she's been patiently waiting. I know she's probably got something to say. Thanks. Um, it, I've really enjoyed, well, I don't know if enjoys the word, but I was very interested to listen to uh, both M and David. And I would like to say thank you for writing about um, those topics. And um, for myself, writing my memoir of my child's sexual assault, um, that was really the hardest thing uh, was the boundaries. And um, the first, like, I don't know whether it's like the first 90 pages is really the child part of me telling my story from the ages of six to 12. Um, and it was from her point of view. And so it was how she felt about what was happening. And I, I was very careful not to be too graphic or, but I wanted to be real. Right. Uh, the back of the book, of course, tells you what you're walking into, um, that it was a memoir on the topic. And so there's trigger warnings on the back, which you could avoid reading the book if you chose. Um, and my readers, um, so that was the most tedious part. And the, because I wanted survivors to be able to read the book because I knew if they got to the end of the book, they would see that there is um, survival and a happy life at the end, that there can be, that there's hope and all of that. But I really had to tell my story in the beginning. And so responses that I got back from people reading the book, um, people, you know, struggled through the first part of the book and, uh, you know, reached out. I did so much talking and responding to messaging because of that. Um, and it was, I believe I made the appropriate boundaries and I guess I was, I wanted to talk as being the author of somebody writing their story about, such a sensitive subject um, that that was really hard. I, I, the three people that I had reading my book as I was doing it, I was like, is that too much? And, you know, that was a real struggle and it was a very emotional, it took me five years to write the book um, and get it, you know, published and everything. But anyway, it's, boundaries as soon as I saw that that's what this topic was tonight I was like oh wow because um with topics that are really difficult like that um you have to 
I had to think about the boundaries for sure. I, I, you know, this is a, this one, this episode's a little bit heavier than our normal one, but I think it's, I applaud all of you for writing those topics because they do need to be part of people's conversations so they're aware. Um, and on a personal reference, I know with the book that I'm working on right now about my past relationships, it's, it's hard for an author to, when you've experienced that, um, sort of, you know, rape or molestation or traumatizing mm -hmm. events in your life to put yourself on paper in that manner is very difficult, but we're taking that step to say, this has happened to me and it, mm -hmm. you're putting it out there for other people that are like, maybe it's happened to you. You're not alone. And that's hard for a lot of people to, to accept. Like you see me, I'm six foot one, 250 pounds. And you don't think I, you know, I, yeah, I've been hit. I've been beaten. I've been sent to the hospital from an ex-boyfriend and have I been raped? Yes, I have. You wouldn't expect that from an outside perspective, but it's happened. Mm -hmm. And for me mm -hmm. to put that on paper and Jake, you haven't read the book yet. Um, was very difficult for me to be like, I have to go back. And I have to relive this because I know there's other people that this has happened to, and that's not okay. So question for all four of you that mm -hmm. have written these difficult topics would be, do you feel like you pushed the boundaries? Do you feel like you stayed within the boundaries or do you feel like you could have done more? Kathleen, why don't you just go first? Since okay, I, I think I may have pushed boundaries a little bit because people had to put the book down and pick it up and put it down and pick it up. Yet they always finished, um, and were grateful for the story being told and learned from it. Um, and I think it also produced, um, or helped people feel a compassion, um, for, well, anybody who has gone through that type of assault, but children, people generally don't like to hear about harsh, horrible things that happen to children. Um, so... I think reality has to be, but I do think that um, from the feedback that I got that I think I managed to do it in a way in which this topic was respected and it, I do think I, I kept a decent amount of boundaries. For me personally, once the book was done and out, I felt the hugest sense of freedom I've ever felt in my life. I love that for you. Mm -hmm. Thank Good. you. Uh, David. All right. Or we'll not. wait on David. And how about you? Oh, sorry. Hey, hey I'm back. You're I'm good. Sorry. I, I turned the speaker <laughs> off. My bad. You're good. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of feel like I, I, I did push some boundaries with that particular section of the novel. I, um, 
I think one of the things Kathleen kind of touched on it a little bit, and I think we've been skirting around it a little bit, is that when you're going to write something like this, you kind of need to keep in mind why you're doing it, like the objective. And because let, let, let's be real, this is, you know, we're not writing skin books. You know what I mean? This is the, the purpose here isn't to, to, to put this in a way that's not totally horrible. We're not here to turn somebody's crank. Right. All right. right. We're, here, we're here to, honestly, to, to put it to most, this is the most succinct way I could put it. I'm here to make you feel kind of bad. Okay. That, that was kind of my objective because you should feel bad because it's not a happy little section of this story. And I think objectives and remembering your objectives when you're going to push these boundaries is important. Why are you doing this? And if you don't have a good reason, maybe you don't need to push that boundary. Maybe you just have that boundary there to be, I mean, if, you're, if your goal is to be exploitative, okay, then you have to deal with that. But if your goal is to have a realistic reason why something happens later or to tell, to, to, to educate or just to put your story on paper so somebody understands yeah, I mean, I push boundaries, and I, I think I, I hit the line. Uh, I went I went as far as I could go without actually graphically depicting what happened to Emma. That's it. I, I pushed boundary. I was there. Mm -hmm. I think that was beautifully said, David. Thank you. Um, M. First of all, I want to say thank you, Kathleen. Um, I loved everything that you said. Although I could never ever put my personal life out there like that. I appreciate that some people can. However, there are Thank you. some works of truth. Like my main villain in my story, his name's Jack. Jack was my father's name. Mm -hmm. uh, so I get to kill my father in my books. Hey. Anyhow. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, I think I pushed some boundaries, but I took it in the kind of comic book superhero uh, Punisher kind of sense. Um, I made an MC who is hell-bent on going out there and ridding the world of as many of these types of people as he can. And I had a lot of fun and got real creative with the way he did that. So, yeah, I, I definitely you, pushed. You pushed them down. Definitely. I, I did, and I really, and I mean, I didn't want to make them too graphic or too over the top because you can do that. But just enough to, that the reader felt vindicated but also in ways that you don't typically hear. Uh, I mean, like one of my favorite is dropping a Monte Carlo on one of them. So, hey, that was fun. Uh, <laughs> All right. Good on you. <laughs> and not to mention the hanging tree, which unfortunately David hasn't gotten to see yet. Well, that'll have to be uh, shoved out there into the world, and David's going to have to see it. Yes. I, I want to hear from Jason. He's been popping in and out, and so I want to hear what he has to say. 
Oh, it's just my internet sucks today. <laughs> um, I'm on a walk right now. Um, actually, I'm just kind of taking notes um, on everybody's story. Um, I, I, I've dealt with my demons a long time ago, so um, it is what it is. But uh, actually, uh, my uh, main character for my new one I'm editing right now uh, is a vampire who actually goes out and purposely seeks out molesters and pedophiles to kill them. Um, that's actually, it's like his, uh, you could say, so that, that's what he does, that he purposely goes out and finds those people in the world to, uh, to kill them. But, uh, I'm I just like kind of taking notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of, kind of had that in the idea for, for a while there. And then I actually have a couple of characters that have been actually have dealt with this whole Batteries. And stuff like that, but those are uh, they're prevalent in the book, but not not as much as the you know the, the slaying of the uh, pedophiles and uh, rapists and murderers and stuff like that. Right, evildoers. Yeah. Uh, definitely, uh, he likes to call them uh, sort of. But uh, no, I'm just gonna just kind of linger in the background at night, just kind of listening to everyone. Um, so I try to keep getting in and out, but I'm on a walk right now. My internet just sucks where I'm at, so that's why I keep getting you back. You're good, Jason. You're good. We're just uh, we're happy to have yes, you. Yes, happy to have you. Uh, Jake. Yeah. I I I mean, we, this is this has been a heavy topic. I didn't. It, it has been, been heavy, heavy, and I think it's I think it's a great. Um, it. I don't think that's the route we intended it to go, but. That's the beauty of this group, right? We just, we go where it leads us. So, and that's the best, that's the best part. part. Brandon, you still have to answer. Did you push the boundaries? Uh, I think for myself as an author and for my emotional health, I did. Good answer. I, I don't, Good I don't answer. know if it has an impact on anybody, but I wanted to tell my story and, you know, like just get it out there. And if people want to read it, that's, that's their prerogative. They don't have to. Um, but this has been my life and I, it, it's helped me grow a lot writing that story and getting on paper. Cause I had to go back and relive it and re-experience that trauma in my life. And, that's never easy for anyone to do ever. So it's, it's been good for me. It's pushed my own boundaries. We'll say that. Good. And even if it's just pushing your own boundaries, that's a big yes. deal. So is this but book also, out? Jake, it's... Uh, uh, Kathleen, no, uh, my book is not out yet. No. You will let us know though, I, right? Once it's out, it was, I put that one on the back burner for a minute because I'm trying to get, um, my other book, Abandoned. Um, uh, that's the one I'm going to be querying, and I will keep you definitely all updated on that one. Uh, but once the once the one about my past lives, past life, <laughs> my life is out, I will you will know. <laughs> I love it. We could have memoirs well, I mean, as a topic. Then. Yes, definitely. yeah. There you go. Sorry, and what um, are you saying? When you're talking about pushing boundaries, it's really determined on the, the reader because 
you know, some of these topics would not be something you would pick up. Right. Uh, but Brandon might. Absolutely. And, I mean, you've already told me my book triggers you, so you got only. <laughs> yep. I, I, uh, I read the first little bit of M's book and I said, I'm so sorry, M. I just can't. I can't do this. And I told um, him, I told him up front, I said, Jake, I don't think this book is for you. You said that I'm not as tender as you think I am. <laughs> And then, and then I totally one hundred percent proved that I was like way more tender than so tender. Jake. You want to read some? You want to read a book or two of mine, Jake? I think no, David. Awesome, no, buddy. I do not want to read a book. Of I mean, you will. You will. Uh, like, let's see. You will DNF Santa's coming right away. <laughs> yeah. No. That, <laughs> I, there. I um. <laughs> I am very timid when it comes to things <laughs> that so, are so lost. So, so it's like, funny. no, I'm I'm good. I'll just stay over here. You you want to lighten it up a little and bit I mean, and what's whatnot. Surprising is Jake has written a horror story. I have. He has written one, and it is oh, really really good. I I have written like a a murder a murder serial killer book. No, it's a horror it was, story. It's a horror story, and it was. The one of the hardest things that I have ever had to write. Oh, um, I didn't know this. It's really... And it's um, it was not my favorite, but I wrote it, and M has read it, and um, yeah. So so there's that. And then I he just, wanted I... to. He says, if there's anything I can read for you, I said, do you want to try read? Oh, did I ask you if you wanted to try read mine or something? But I then I said something yeah. about I don't think it would be the right fit for you. Yep. And, and I, and I should have listened to M cause M was right. I should have just, I should have just listened. I mean, but that was pushing your boundaries, Jake. It was, it was pushing my boundaries. Um, absolutely. It, I think that, um, there, there are a lot of books that I will probably shy away from. Um, and, I, you know, that is for for my own mental health and sanity. But I will do my best to push some boundaries. Well, and I will absolutely read any of your rom com books that you choose to write. But <laughs> Jake, I think it's, it's who's it's, writing rom com? It's <laughs> you are apparently M. All right. But if you do, I will read them. We need some them. more middle school authors on this thing for Jake. Yeah, I I write about unicorns and dragons and things, for the most part. So, you know, I I will I am working on pushing my boundaries too. And, and, it's funny and you have that to, you mentioned middle grade, and you have to go at your own pace, Jake. We don't be pressured into yeah, doing Jake. it just because we're all doing it. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's what I was saying is it's it's not necessarily whether we as authors are pushing our boundaries, right. but I mean, like mine should have the trigger on it, you know, for mature audience only because it is dark material. Um, but it's it's not going to uh, appeal to everyone. Our writing is not going to appeal to everyone. Right. We shouldn't get ticked off if we start posting our books on Twitter and, you know, nobody wants to read them because everybody 
has a favorite genre. Most people have a favorite genre. Yeah. Um, a lot of people it. love biographies, but not me. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I uh, I totally agree. We've got to kind of get in there. So, uh, David, sorry, I totally cut you off. No, no, you're you're good and whatnot. I was talking. You, M mentioned middle grade, and and I was and I just kind of I remembered my first novel when I was like thinking about turning it in middle grade, but talking about boundaries, I'd have to take out the necromancy, the child murder, the teenage sexuality, the teenage homosexuality. The witchcraft. David, David, that is not a middle grade. <laughs> right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I gotta take no, that out. David, it is not. He's like, I would have to rewrite take the that entire out, thing. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, I probably won't read that middle grade version either. Given whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a second. If I take all that out, and that still leaves, you know, the Santa, the necrotic Santa Claus with a flamethrower. I mean, come on. David, Jay will not read your work. Okay. I love you, David, I'm but I'm not going to read tell it. you that right now. I have read your I work. Think I... He is not going to read that. God, I mean, you know, talk about. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. It's your show. <laughs> I I will I will work on on. On my boundaries. I, I love that he's like. Eventually, it's your show. <laughs> it's your show. You do, you oh do what gosh. you want. It's your show. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, um, Brandon. What? One last question for you. How far is too far? Ooh. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I think that varies on the author and the genre, and there's just like, like, like David just said, like okay. as as a middle grade book, you want to want to put all of that stuff into a middle grade because that's pushing it too far, right? That's not appropriate. So it it varies. That's the, be that's okay. the best so I can say. Let's take it off the table of age categories. Let's say for adults, is there too far? I for, or does it just boil down to if somebody will read it, it's not too far? I think if well, I don't know. We've got Hunger Games that was about children murdering children. Yeah, I, I don't and that was think considered you... young adult middle. Yeah, yeah, it's like upper middle grade young adult, uh, which and, is. I mean, it was literally about the capital. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all about having children murder other children in a game that was televised for fun. Yeah. So I don't know if there's like, that's too far. You can't do that. So what we're saying is push the boundaries, and push until. You reach a point where there might not be too far. You just have to find your right readers. That's the thing. Like, Dino Erotica. Who would have thought? Brandon. I'm just saying. I use, I'm using it as an example. God, Brandon. I thought we had given that up this season. No, I'm not giving it up until I read a Dino Erotica because I want to know what it's about. Uh, oh, my God. Put it on well, your I'll tell you what it's about. Well, I have it's a general about idea what it's about. 
<laughs> and they do things. They do adult things. Weird okay. things. Oh my god. Yeah, I might oh actually like it because I'm a big fan of Jurassic Park, so that's like a prequel to it, maybe. I don't know. Jurassic okay, Park Brandon, is not a prequel. Do you want to have sex with a dinosaur? Do what, Em? I said, do you want to have sex with a dinosaur? No, I don't have sex. I just, that's, that's just weird. I, <laughs> you want to see I, Brandon I, with a note. If I remember going correctly, Em's the one who originally <laughs> brought it up. No, you did. You said you seen it somewhere, and then I looked it up, and I told you I would be happy to send you a book on Amazon. Oh, you did Amazon. say that. That's okay. I'm I'm yep. incorrect. Brandon, you were the I, I will, you were the original. I will <laughs> admit that I was wrong on that one. Okay, I'm mark that down. I get one every season that I'm wrong. D- David uh, said that you'd probably be sitting there with a notepad. I mean, what notepad I do is my business. <laughs> Oh you know gosh. what if what if what if the raptor and alan grant had like a thing and they looked at each other in the eye and they're like that's what's he thinking of that's this? that's why all the <laughs> raptors are that. pissed because oh they're all sleeping with alan grant and they're trying to kill kill her that's why i got it okay okay um so <laughs> all a love triangle boundaries boundaries no okay hold on hold on this group, this is this is actually where what we're talking about comes in. Actually, with when it comes to sex, this is where the most of the boundaries come in. When it comes to sex, this group is judging me and saying that's too far. That's fucking rich. I'm not in judging itself. Like, <laughs> I'm not judging. You. I'm I'm just laughing my ass off. Or Jake is just signed off. Jake is like, I'm done. Y'all are too much. I I have. The boundaries for me have officially been crossed, and that's okay because I'm learning learned. to push boundaries. Do we need a rotter's block safe word, guys? I mean, a safe word. Oh my I God. do love that idea. <laughs> I fucking... We need a ball yeah. gag. Pencil, or, uh, pencil. <laughs> the safe word is pencil. Pencil. I love it. <laughs> I the half these episodes, I'm just gonna be shouting pencil. Well, you need to push your boundaries. We'll just get Brandon a ball gag. I'm just not going to talk. That's oh, my gosh. Well, remember, remember, Jake, you use your safe word whenever you need to, and you don't worry about any, you know, us getting mad because that's what it's for, buddy. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Well, I'm just going to mute you when you start saying pencil too much then because it's like, Jake, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Jake. All right, Brandon, we are out we of time. Are very much out of time. <laughs> I can't. Can we have another pushing boundaries uh, episode? This was fun. We might, I, I might have this to. I mean, we're booked for this season, but I'm working on next season's episode. So. How about we make this uh, the volume two of this, like romance erotica? Even though that's not what I read, it's this is kind of well. Fun. Yeah, we, we I can just imagine Jake turning like 50 shades of red. Hold on. So, this is how you bring that topic up, M. Season one, start, we have our welcome back episode. And then our second episode of season three falls on Valentine's Day. And the theme is romance and erotica. Dun, dun, dun. I planned that one out well. I was like, 
Yes, oh my we gosh. can't. We have to do I'm it. it. Like, but I don't, I'm like, I don't pencil. I don't care. Kathleen, <laughs> pencil. All right. Or are you saying pencil? Safe words been invoked. Okay. Shut up, Brandon. Pencils. The oh. <laughs> <laughs> told the host to shut up. I'm gonna mute her. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, okay. Brandon, we are officially we are out of time. <laughs> Next week we're we're gonna be talking about horror and how. Love you anyway, Brandon. I know. I love you too, man. <laughs> We're going to be talking about horror and Halloween and Stephen King and R.L. Stein and just everything involved in that. So please make sure to jump in. Jake's uh, speaking of Stephen King, that makes me think of a comment I wanted to make about what he said about being true to your your authentic self when you write. Uh -huh. That it's not going to make everyone happy. Nope. I like uh, that. Sure. I like that. I like that. It's a good one. So, all right, everyone. I think we're done. Good night. Have a good night. We'll see everyone next week. Good night. Bye. 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 Good night. Later. Later.